Hi, and welcome to Friends of Brother Adam. My name is Dennis, and I'll be your host for this evening. We are going to be talking a little bit about where I am going prior to getting into our um, usual coursework. Um, in the past several episodes, you've heard me talking about library TV. Um, it's spelled L-B-R-Y dot TV. Um, for most users, library will be a place where they can find great videos, music, ebooks, and more. Imagine a vast library, a vast digital library that is available on all of your devices, but under one hood. Library is many components working together. First and foremost, library is a new protocol that allows anyone to build apps that interact with digital content on the library network. Apps built using the protocol allow creators to upload their work to library network of hosts like BitTorrent, to set a price per stream or download like iTunes, or give it away for free like you do with YouTube without ads. The work you publish could be videos, audio files, documents, or any other type of file. That's why I am deciding to go to this because it's kind of like YouTube and also like Facebook all at the same time in that you can post diagrams, you can post documents, you can post videos, audio files, or anything. Uh, traditional video or other content sites such as YouTube, Instagram, and Spotify store your uploads on their servers and allow viewers to download them. They also sh allow creators to make some money through advertising or other mechanisms. However, there are some well-known drawbacks, especially for people whose material is perceived as not being advertiser-friendly, in quotes. Uh, library aims to be an alternative to these sites, allowing publishers and their fans to interact directly without the risk of demonetization or other meddling, which is one of the reasons why I'm going there. What makes this all possible is the blockchain technology developed by a creator of Bitcoin. Do you have to understand any of this to use or enjoy library? No. Does it still matter to users? Definitely. So, when you are um, wanting to listen to me on library, you have to go to the Android store or Apple store, however it may be, that whichever device you listen to. Or um, I believe they actually even have a, a PC um, library as well. Um, and you download your library, set up a, an account for yourself, and you can watch things on library. The other night when I was uh, chatting with you guys, I said, hashtag friends of brother Adam. I was mistaken in that. It's actually the at sign, not a hashtag. So if you go on there and you search at friends of brother Adam, you will have my podcast slash video cast pop up there and you can access that area. Um, most of the stuff right now that I'm doing on library is free. I'm mostly just trying to get people to come visit me at the, the library site. Um, and um, I'd sure like to be able to put some numbers onto this, you know, um, get some people listening on it. Um, so I'd really appreciate if you guys could pop on over. I still intend on doing the podcast here on this platform that you're listening to. Um, however, um, in the next months or so, I'm going to be going over more towards library. Um, some of the things that I offer are going to be on library um, and not on podcasts anymore. Um, it offers me a great opportunity because um, I'm able to make a video and have screenshots 
So then I can help teach with a little bit of uh, pictures and videos and, and things like that. And it just opens up a whole entire new avenue of stuff. Um, and I understand that a lot of you, because I do it too, listen to podcasts um, just because you don't have to interact with the creator uh, utilizing video. Um, and uh, like, for example, I work at a job where I can listen all I want. I just have to have my uh, eyeballs glued to something else and uh, be able to do something with my hands. And um, But I can listen all I want. So literally, I can listen to eight hours of podcasts a night and not even worry about it. And I know a lot of a lot of you guys are doing the same thing and so that's one of the reasons why i'm going to be still offering audio uh, podcasts through uh through the site that you are are visiting so i am <laughs> yeah um, so I am uh, working on um, trying to monetize things a little bit so that I can receive some remuneration. Um, this is one of the things that I do for a job. Um, and so <laughs> um, it's, it's always good to receive that little uh, proof of or verification that you what you're doing is is good and wonderful and people like it and I, uh, I I usually like the the colored money that we have up here in Canada as proof and verification that what I'm doing is is good for you guys as well as for me so if you guys wouldn't mind going over and checking out library I'd really appreciate it and you know check out my site as well um, I really feel that we need to um, expand our uh, ways of communicating. Um, it, it would also be good if I could get uh, people who listen here to um, send me a little email. And you can reach me at fatbeehoneyranch at gmail.com. All small letters, no spaces. And... Uh, Send me a, an email address that you guys can be reached at um, just in case weird things happen to the internet and we have to reach out to each other via um, email only. Um, <laughs> that way I won't lose you guys and I won't just drop off into the ether of uh, bad internet and uh, uh, cancel culture. So. Anyways, um, really appreciate you guys, and, and uh, I hope that uh, this is informative and, and that uh, introducing you to this new library platform will be something that uh, you will like as well. I've noticed on library that there are a few other beekeepers on there, and uh, they're, you know, fairly good beekeepers. I've... Uh, I've uh, brought one of the q a uh, sessions of one of the beekeepers over to my site and just kind of reposted it um, it's fairly decent and i enjoyed uh, listening to the guy so i just uh, uh, repeated what he said type of thing just kind of put it on my site so yeah it's a, it's a good place to uh, learn and a good place to go anyway so on to our content for today Today we're going to be dealing with D1, um, that is maintaining hive equipment. Uh, we're going to be talking about building boxes. Um, the, first, uh, the first segment today, I think we're just going to be talking about the boxes that we get from um, we, we get from uh, any bee supply store. And uh, we, uh, we've already talked a little bit about going and picking them up and, and the format that they come in. 
but we'll we'll kind of just review that real quick here. Um, usually when you go to a bee supply store, they offer to sell you boxes already made up and they're usually three to four times the price of the boxes not made up. So, you know, being a beekeeper, you're uh, probably already um, <laughs> priced out of uh, beekeeping already by just going in and getting your first uh, one or two beehives that you're going to be getting. But then, of course, you have to provide them a place to live. So <laughs> you're, you're going in and you're going to be, you know, getting something. Um, usually, you know, if you already have the bees and you're coming home with package of bees and you got to be, you know, putting them in the hive, you'll want to buy some boxes and just have them already made. Buy your frames with the uh, plastic in it already. Um, um, the plastic sheets in it already. You'll want to buy a top and a bottom and uh, just take it home and, and put your uh, put your bees in there and let them start waxing out that first box. Um, but at that time then you have some time that you can go and get yourself one of these unassembled boxes and so you might want to get an extra brood box and two um, supers and and why you would get that is if you are running with two brood boxes for the winter you're going to need them filled up with honey and brood prior to winter showing up um, and you also want to get two supers because you put on one super and you have one in reserve that way you can check to see when they are filling up that super and then be able to harvest some of that super and put in uh, more frames or take that whole entire super off and put on a new super and they can wax it out and, and start filling it up. Um, one of the things that you do need to know about when bees wax up uh, a box of frames is usually in spring. So if you don't have this happening in spring, it's not going to happen usually throughout the rest of the year. Um, they will add a little teeny bit of honey, but there uh, honey and wax to to stuff, but there is no huge big push. Um, it usually happens on their first big flow that they they spend all their energy putting in wax, and then uh, some honey as well, just to help them make it through the next dearth until the next flow. So. Um, in planning your boxes and in planning whether or not you're going to be buying uh, store-made boxes or making your own, please have those things in mind. However, I encourage you to go get your boxes long before you get your um, swarm pack in or your nuke in or whatever, however you're uh, getting your bees. And the reason is, is because... Um, of the timetable that beekeepers usually have. Beekeepers usually have a timetable in which they have certain things happening in certain seasons because of demand that happens in the next season. So usually we as beekeepers um, build our boxes, uh, expand our, our operation with um, um, our, our material, our boxes, our our frames, our uh, specialized tools that we're going to be making or, or buying. We do that uh, between um, when we put the bees to sleep in the fall and when they start moving around in the springtime. So we want to have everything built and done and uh, coated and dried and ready for occupation by the bees in the spring. And bees... <laughs> contrary to popular belief, usually wake up long before there are flowers. So up here in Alberta, we sometimes have bees waking up in April, and there usually isn't uh, flowers until late May, maybe early June some, some years. Just depends on how bad the winter is up here. So that means you will have bees awake. They will be feeding, but it will be you that is feeding the bees 
and so you already need to have your equipment ready and going because one of the things that you can do to increase the amount of wax going on your frames and to be able to give yourself a leg up is you are feeding these bees already why not feed them lots of cheaper um, sh sugar nectar so that they can put out the wax so that they can get things ready to go so that the moment flowers open up they're out there uh, taking care of business and putting that nectar flower nectar in as honey and that's what makes you money right <laughs> so that's what we want to do so that the time to be doing this is during the winter right now you and me should be out in our garage making our bee hive uh, boxes we need to be working super hard in order to get that done so um, here it talks about given knockdown parts of standard supers with or without a jig and power tools assemble and coat the supers so we've literally got about three different podcasts and video casts to do on this one task so um, let's jump right into it. When you come home with your unassembled knockdown parts of standard supers, or um, they would be mediums usually, um, or your deeps, because you're going to get an extra deep for um, um, your, your bees to expand into if you are doing two deeps for uh, wintering, um, because what ends up happening is you're going to th think ahead and if you already have bees coming out of the winter into the spring you're going to be feeding them and when you feed them when you get up to April May June ish they are ready to start splitting their hive so one of the things that you can do is something called a walk away split which is literally you go to a hive of two deeps and you pick up one of the deeps and you walk it over to your truck and you put a bottom down and you set it in your truck and you put a top on top of that and you slide it in there, put a ratchet strap on it and you drive it two kilometers away. And the reason why you're doing that is because you wanna be able to do a walkaway split. There should be brood both in the bottom and the top box when you do this. And um, the brood will be made into the new queen in the box that does not have the queen. And the box that does have the queen, they'll just start producing more brood to catch up. So that's a way of splitting it and increasing your, your colonies by at least one. And uh, if you're a smart beekeeper, you won't stop there. But let's continue on. So you will need another deep for the original hive and you will need another deep for the hive that you just made the split in order to have your two boxes to go into winter, right? But that's not always the case. People don't always utilize two boxes going into the winter. Up here in Canada, you need two deep boxes to go into the winter because the, at the fall, they start scaling back the number of brood that they have and they start filling it up with uh, pollen and nectar and making it into honey. So um, they have the amount of food that they need to last for the eight months of the year that they're going to be stuck in that damn box. So that's why you want to make sure that when you split, when you do a walkaway split, you have two boxes to put on there and and you're ready for fall. You know, you can you can do whatever you're gonna do with those two boxes in, in the spring and summer, but by time fall comes, you need to have the two boxes there so that you're ready to go if that's what you're doing. Um, so you're going to be coming home with however many, let, let's just say that you followed my advice and you got yourself two colonies, okay? So, um, if you're just starting out and you're going to be buying two nukes or two swarm packs, you're going to need four deeps. You're going to need um, four uh, mediums so that you can have supers for the, uh, um, for the beehives. Now, supers, just so that you know, are not a specific box. Supers can be deeps, supers can be mediums, and supers can be shallows. Um, usually we don't use shallows anymore. They are um, 
if people use shallows, it's only because they have a lifting problem and they need to uh, <laughs> use restraint when they're lifting. <laughs> so they have these little teeny frames and they're so cute and, and that's what they do. Um, the other reason that you would use um, the uh, smaller boxes the, is because maybe you're selling that to somebody for... Um, for consumption right out of the frame. So maybe you're selling honey super frames for consumption right out of the frame. So they'll take the frames, they'll set it on their um, pegs on the uh, display um, carving table and you'll and the person who's eating it will go over with the knife and go snip, 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 snip and cut out a square put it on their plate and that's what they'll eat along with the rest of their breakfast in the morning type of thing. So um, unless you're doing that or if you have weight restraints on how much you can lift, you really won't use the shallows at all. So you will need two of the deep, two of the medium on most of us um, per hive. And so that's what you will purchase knowing that you're going to get two swarm packs or two... Um, <laughs> two nukes and uh, so you you want to do that and uh, when you get home you have your pile of deeps you have your pile of mediums and uh, here we are okay so a lot of times beekeepers don't have shops they don't have um, these wonderful nice big huge <laughs> two-story high shops that you can walk in and set on this clean counter <laughs> your your project and you get out the tools and you plug everything in most of us don't have that I do a lot of my stuff in my own basement um, but you need to know that when you do woodworking inside whether it's in a shop or whether it's inside in a uh, house you need to have some sort of dust collection method so two windows open and a huge big fan might work um, huge big dust collection vacuum that's that has the hose over top of your workspace um, you know some people totally go um, old school and they put a fan with a furnace filter on one side of the fan and they suck the dust into the fan whatever you need to do you need to have some sort of dust collection system before you even get started because dust is a, a big thing and it will get everywhere um, you if you're just putting together boxes usually don't need a dust collection system but if you are making your boxes from scratch you definitely do occasionally you will have to saw something or, or even boxes out so a dust collection thing is is a good thing to have um, you need to assemble all of your tools and what we will be using for this particular job is we will probably be using glue we've talked about this before if you are one of those people I call a granola if you are worried that the bees are going to ingest the glue and the glue has formaldehyde in it and that's going to cause your bees to be sick if that is your theory of beekeeping that you want to go as natural as possible then by all means omit the glue but I'm telling you right now if you utilize glue on your boxes those boxes will stay together for a decade okay so that that's what I do um, and the way that I keep my bees from ingesting that is I dip my boxes or I paint my boxes so it keeps inside and out so it keeps the the bees healthy now you have to decide how you're going to be fastening your boxes some people are super awesome and want to have boxes that look um, like a, a finished art project and so they will actually drill the boxes and put in wood plugs no glue wood plugs in there and and uh, with the finger joints of the bottom box that you've gotten and the plugs that go in there um, it looks beautiful and they sand them all up nice and pretty and then they paint them of course um, paint the outsides with their fancy art project stuff and and it's all 
it's awesome like i know some people who actually just put a bee box out no frames in it at all just a bee box out to make their garden look like it's awesome you know it's got this painted up bee box and it just it just gives so much um life to the the area and, and uh, occasionally they end up with some happy bees inside of a uh, two deeps that uh, don't have any frames in and they become very happy. <laughs> they have lots of room to grow and nobody telling them what to do. <laughs> so, but um, the most of us will, will be placing frames in it and usually going out and getting ourselves a package or, or a nuke to put in there. So, um, and I usually coat them, I usually paint them, do something in order to lengthen the life of the box. So the coating and the painting is something afterwards, so we're not getting that going right now. But we do have to, re you know, think this through on how we want our project to look like. Um, these guys are putting plugs in their, wood plugs in their boxes, and that's super awesome and totally artistic. What we will probably be using is glue and staples or nails or um, screws, wood screws. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the good and the bad about each one of these types of things, that fasteners that we're going to be using. Um, you could possibly use just glue with the fingers uh, uh, on the boxes that you, you, that you got. Um, those fingers fit in really tight. You could probably glue them together with some super duper Gorilla Glue and maybe they might stay together for a year or two. But there is a lot of bumping around, a lot of setting this box down, setting it on its side. Maybe you actually might actually accidentally sit on one the wrong way. You know, it's... it's they're they're bumped around and moved around and thrown in the back of trucks they're they're really abused so it's always good to have a different kind of fastener along with your glue um, let's start with nails nails need to be galvanized if you're going to be using nails and also you need to be very cognizant that nails when they go in um, push the wood out and make a hole for themselves and you're banging them down and so they are quite, um, they split. So you need to ensure that the wood has not dried out to the point of splitting. Uh, you need to drill whatever nails may split the wood. And if you start realizing that you're splitting the wood, stop what you're doing. There are things that you can do to the wood to make it so that it won't split. And you can start drilling the whatever fastener you're putting in there. You drill a, a smaller pilot hole, put your fastener in, and away you go. Uh, like I was saying before, we're going to use galvanized nails if we use nails at all. Um, and you can use uh, the, the, and I don't know the, the real term for this, but the nails are twisted. And so as they go in, they twist and then they hold the, the wood together really well. Those are really good to use if you're using nails. And you wanna make sure that the nails that you're using are the acceptable size. So they're not gonna be poking out on the inside. And when you stick your hand in there to grab the queen, you're not gonna you know, rip open your thumb and, and <laughs> have to go for stitches. So you wanna make sure that the nails that you're using go in go in far enough to hold but they're not going to poke through and also nails are these funny things that uh, you can't really tell the nails where they're going to be going you can suggest and when you hammer things in occasionally they go weird places because there are knots in the wood because there are obstructions it's hitting another nail something like that and it'll poke through the wood if that's the case and you've poked through the wood pull it back out before you totally nail it flat, inspect on the inside. And if you have accidentally poked through, you need to pull that one out. You treat the inside wood with glue and you glue your, that hole shut. And then you'll end up having to sand it to make it nice and pretty so that you, nobody knows <laughs> what kind of doofus you are by throwing your nail through the side of the, your box. But, uh, Usually they go in fairly decently. Usually they're not, the wood that they use is not too knotty. 
And so um, nails are a good fastener to utilize. If you're going to use screws, please make sure you use coated screws or galvanized screws. And the reason is, is, is um, screws tend to, just like on decks, you use a coated green or coated brown screw. Um, screws tend to um, rust. And so if your screw is in there and, and the coating comes off of the outside, the wax comes off of the outside or the paint, and the screw starts getting wet, it will actually rust the head off and then you'll be stuck with a, a screw that's inside the box that's not holding anything but is causing a lot of issues because how do you take it out? <laughs> so make sure that they're galvanized or coated and make sure again that they're the right size and shape and length and with screws it is really a good idea to drill a pilot hole. You drill a pilot hole of the size of one-third the size of the screw so that when you put in the screw it's got a little expansion just for the screw itself and also a little more expansion for the teeth of the screw to, to grab onto and screw in. Uh, don't do like I did and drill a hole that's almost the exact same <laughs> size as the teeth on the screw. It doesn't make anybody happy. You end up having to fill that screw hole with glue and then screw it in and then hope to hell that the darn thing's going to stay and <laughs> not cause you problems in the future. If at all, for any reason, you screw something up here, you put a hole through the side, you break a head off of a screw, you do something, this box becomes what we call a second. So this is a box that you're going to set aside. You're going to, you're going to fix it. You're going to do what you can, but you're going to be setting this one aside. It's going to be an emergency box use only <laughs> because you don't need uh, boxes in your inventory that are doing the work that aren't going to hold up to the problems. So you put this one away or you can use this one. You take it apart and use it as a jig or, or uh, something to draw around to make sure that you can reproduce exactly what you are going to be making when you make them yourself, air quotes. Um, uh, and you, you, you just set it aside, how, whatever purpose that you decide to make it. Like that might be your pretty box that you paint up and you put out in your yard and you don't use, <laughs> you know, um, but it becomes your second. And then um, the ones that worked well, that are really good, those are your first. Those are the ones that you're actually going to be putting into production. Um, you can use other types of fasteners. Um, I've seen people utilize fasteners like uh, staples. They're really great. I've actually even seen somebody use a pin nailer. Um, not so great. They will hold if you nail the hell out of your box but pin nails are usually not for boxes if you use a pin nail you're going to be using a pin nail for the frames not the boxes again pin nails are not for boxes <laughs> one of the things that happens with pin nails is um, as the box starts to um, lose its uh, cohesion due to the glue coming loose or getting washed off or something and the box starts moving a little bit that head of that uh, pin nail will start working its way out and you will be working really super hard trying to um, grab the boxes that the raccoon flipped over and the bees are flying around and you didn't bring your full bee suit but the bees are extremely happy to know that you have your elbows and your butt all showing out there and they're definitely stinging the hell out of you and you go to grab the box and the pin nail has come out and you rip a hole in your skin that is the size of a freaking credit card <laughs> It is not nice. And you say some very bad words. <laughs> Don't do it. Pin nails are not for boxes. Repeat after me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> I think experience is talking there. <laughs> All right. So those are the types of fasteners that are usually used. You can use fasteners that are corner... Uh, 
metal pieces of corner brackets, I guess they would call them. They're, they're, they cover the top of the box and they cover two sides of the boxes. So they're like a, a 90 degree angle with a, a cap on it. And you can, you can nail them to the box or screw them to the box and they hold very well um, and they look majestic. Um, I saw a guy in Utah, I think it was, he was doing uh, mini boxes. They're, they're, like, uh, um, they're like nukes, but they, that's what he does all his beekeeping out of is these darn mini boxes. And they're super cool. Um, and he's got several different things that he does with them. I'm not going to say the name of his company, but you can check them out and, and they're super cool. His boxes are made with the brackets and oh my gosh, they're just majestic. They look so great. Um, you can make your boxes with that. And if you're only making, you know, enough boxes for two hives, I guess you're good at doing that and just go ahead and knock yourself out. But if you're doing anything more than two boxes, <laughs> Please think about the other fasteners. They would probably work a lot better. Um, and uh, there are some other fasteners, but honestly, they're not used enough for us to even talk about here. Um, but um, the the main ones that uh, um, that uh, professional beekeepers use and 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 the factory beekeeping uses are usually staples or screws. Um, so, uh, where are we? Okay, so we've talked about the, the fasteners. Um, now, there are several different tools that you can use to uh, put the fasteners in. So, um, when you're getting things together, you get all your tools together, you get all your clamps and all your... T your uh, um, um, jigs together so that you can have square boxes okay so you're going to be getting out things like a drill with the appropriate size bit you're going to be getting out if you're using screws you're going to be getting out a screw gun drill and you're going to be getting out um, if you're using staples you're going to get out your staple gun now you can all of these tools usually come in uh, pneumatic which means you use air um, it's not as satisfactory when you use that because usually um, five feet away from you, you have this huge big machine that's just going all the time and it, it's really loud. If you're using pneumatic, please utilize ear protection. It is loud as hell and not really nice. So, so please use the ear protection. You might want to use ear protection for all the other methods as well, but definitely with pneumatic. You, use your ear protection. You can get electric ones. I have an electric stapler that does so awesome. You can set the setting on your electric stapler to push the staple um, two millimeters into the wood so you don't even see the top of it and you if you want to make it all fancy dancy you go and fill the the staple hole with a little bit of glue and and uh, sawdust paste and uh, then sand it down and you wouldn't even know that there were staples in there it's just so awesome um, and uh, you can use the the battery one battery kind they they really work well um, battery kind is really super awesome because you can take that out to your um, your bee yard and you can repair uh, frames and boxes on site with your stapler, with your drill, uh, with your uh, uh, drill driver or your screwdriver, drill, <laughs> I don't know what, drill driver? Yeah, drill driver, I think that's what they call them. Um, you can take them right out to your apiary and do all your work right out in your apiary, bring a few extra batteries and hey, 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 <laughs> you just got her done you don't have to take it back and and fix it at home you can just get her done um, so um, that's what you need to decide how you're going to do this and a lot of times during this time because you're new to beekeeping you don't have all this equipment you might borrow some until you can buy your own 
but just know that when you borrow some, please be a good neighbor, clean up the tool after you're done with it, um, replace the number of staples or, or whatever type that you have, like if you're using a pin nailer or a stapler, make sure you buy enough to replace what you just used and, and give it back to your wonderful person that allowed you to borrow it. Be a good neighbor, do that. Um, and uh, But a lot of people, they end up putting out and just going out and buying it. Be aware that if you're doing this over the winter time, um, this is usually a time where the uh, the machines that you're going to be using, the, the electric nail guns, the um, pneumatic nail guns, the, the pneumatic pump that you're using, all of these things are in high demand in the winter time. And uh, um, people buy them out. So if you're thinking about getting into beekeeping and you're thinking about doing all this and you're doing your research right now, good on you. This is what you do. You watch for sales and as soon as the sale comes on you go out and you purchase your your tools <laughs> don't try not to purchase them during the high season when when everybody's purchasing them okay um, and um, a lot of these electric uh, staplers and things like that come in a big pack a group of them and uh, you're going to be purchasing them in the big pack because Purchasing them separately, you pay $100 for a tool and maybe a battery. Sometimes you just pay $100 for the tool, and then you pay $60 for the battery. So if you get it all together, it costs $350. You get the charger, three or four batteries, the stapler, the drill driver, the, the um, you know, flashlight, and, and maybe even a cutesy little radio for you to play out in the bee yard. Okay, so um, make sure you get it, if you can, in a, in a big package like that. And you, literally, you pay less than half for every single thing that you get in that package. So that's a good way of buying it. And if you buy it on sale, even better. <laughs> okay, you got you to gotta cut corners where you can with beekeeping. Um, so that's where you're going to be getting the, the machines and stuff to do. You're going to when you as when you get everything assembled and you get everything ready to go you're going to go through your boxes and you're going to take a look at them okay you're going to be looking for irregularities you're going to be looking for knots if you see a knot remember where it is okay you're not going to be wanting to put a nail through it you're not going to be wanting to drill a hole through it for uh, b entrances just just remember where it is and plan around it. So if you have one uh, big huge knot on the side of a box and it's, it's front and back type side of the box, then you need to have maybe that signified as the back and the other side, make sure that you don't have a knot on that side too, so that on the front, if you decide to put a hole in your box for bees to come and go, you're not putting it through that knot and you only have let's say one knot on one side of the box and not the other side as well okay so you're just going to inspect it you're going to take a look at it you're going to look and you're going to pre-try all of your uh, fingers on your boxes now the boxes that you buy usually come with these fingers on them um, and they're square and they fit nicely together most times, but sometimes they don't. Occasionally they have something happen in the factory that um, something got moved a little bit and they don't quite line up. If this happens, um, you will not be able to set this box on another box without huge big cracks being onto it. There's something that we can do later on. We end up evening the box out later on, but because of this, it becomes a second, okay? so. Just keep that in mind. But that's why you want to try out these boxes, make sure everything fits. A lot of times what I will do is I'll take a pencil and I'll put um, north, south, east, west on it. And that way I know nor the north is away from me and it's going on the far side. The south is close to me. Uh, east and west would go in their appropriate places. And that way I know 
that this box is put together correctly and you know if there are any flaws or anything that I have to be aware of it's already labeled I don't have to rethink it right you want to make it as easy as you can um, and I use a jig so that's another thing that you're going to want to look at constructing prior to you actually putting this together or as you're putting it together with the first box you're going to be making a jig and so what a jig is is um, for putting boxes together either you have a metal 90 degree angle clamp so it goes in the side of the box and you got to have at least two of them and they go in the sides of the box and you screw them down they got turny screwy things that screw down and it holds that corner of the box at 90 degrees and then the other side of the box at 90 degrees and then you put the two boxes together or two pieces together it would be nice if you had two more clamps so that would be four clamps 90 degree clamps total and uh, you would be you'd be laughing but most people can't afford to do that these clamps are usually anywhere between 50 and 90 dollars so they're, they're kind of pricey. Um, what some people do is they put their boxes together so that they're good and uh, they measure across both ways to make sure that they're, they're 90 degrees. They get out their squares and check the outside 90 degrees. You put it on top of a, a, a piece of plywood that's maybe three quarters thick you draw out the inside of the box and you be very careful to get the exact inside of the box you take it off and uh, you add maybe uh, just a little bit almost a millimeter to that line so you're going to be cutting on the outside of the line not the inside of the line and you're going to leave the line on the piece that you're you're sawing that way it's not going to be too small because if it's too small you won't get the 90 degrees you're going to put that piece once you've cut it out onto another piece that's bigger than your box and uh, because you're going to be putting uh, um, pieces on the outside to make it so that you slide in your your box and it's it's cushioned both outside and inside with these pieces of wood so then you're going to take your box put it on top of the one that you made and put that both of those things on top of one that's bigger than your box you're going to um, use a, a, your drill driver and put two screws into it to keep it in place and then on the outside of the box you're going to draw just to make sure that you have a, a good outline and then you're going to put um, um, you're going to put either some shims, some, some pieces of wood on the outside, or one of the things you could do if you had a little extra wood is go over to another piece of plywood and draw on the outside and then measure out um, five millimeters out um, or an inch for those of you that are down in the States uh, or, or just whatever however thick you want these pieces of wood to be so that you don't split them when you throw a, a, um, a screw in there and then you pull it off and you um, you, you pull your your beehive off and then you cut your pieces that you need and you put them in put them on screw them on or if you've had the extra piece and, and you went outside and, and did all that uh, measuring you're gonna you're gonna put them on and then you're going to it's okay <laughs> you're going to put them on and then you're going to um, screw them down so that's what you want to try and do um, and uh, making that jig will make it so that you have 90 degree perfect boxes every single time so that's what you want to do with that and you're going to want to um, have out on the table uh, your squares, whatever you're going to make sure that you have 90 degree angles. You're going to um, be having this up in, a, in an area where you can easily access it so you're not bending over and breaking your back doing this. Um, you're going to want to be able to um, work so that you're pointing the power tools away from you. So using a power stapler, an uh, electric stapler or pneumatic stapler is a bad thing if it's pointed towards your belly. 
Usually you don't want to do that. You want to point it away from you. You want to make sure that you can grab onto it without putting your fingers in front of where the staple may come out because again, it doesn't come out all the time in the place that you're planning on it coming out. And that's what you're going to do. So um, I think that's all that we can cover for today. So we've just more or less gone over uh, preparing your, your work table, getting out the stuff that you need to do, making the jigs, uh, making sure you have all the stuff to make it square and uh, you're getting ready to go. So we'll leave it at that and we'll come back again and we will talk about putting the darn thing together where we're going to put the nails, all the fun stuff, then little details and stuff that you can use to make the box. I understand that for some people who have done woodworking before, uh, I'm not using the correct terms for all of the tools. I've done this stuff my whole entire life. My father was a shop teacher and I still call it a straight blade, a plus sign and a square <laughs> for, for the screwdrivers. So I, I'm very sorry that I'm not using the appropriate terms, but uh, hopefully I can get across to you uh, what we're talking about. Um, it would be better if I could do it uh, with, a, with a video and uh, on library. That's something that I might be able to do for you guys. Anyways, um, thanks for listening, guys. Make sure that you uh, hit the five stars or the thumbs up on the, the podcast uh, uh, service that you use to drive the uh, uh, additional people here that we need in order to make this a, a good, thriving community. Also, make sure that uh, if you can, you uh, hit the subscribe button. Um, it really helps out. Uh, it shows up on my analytics, and I, I get to know how many people I'm, I'm actually talking to. Um, and uh, it helps me a little bit with the analytics because it tells me a little bit more about you, what, where you come from, um, what area of the world you come from. Um, also, uh, of course, like we were talking about before, it helps my little fragile male ego there to know that so many people are listening. I really appreciate you guys listening. Also, uh, make sure that you start migrating over to library. There's going to be some fun stuff that's going to be starting up there. Um, and it's a place where I can, even if you are viewing and not giving me a few micro credits there, um, you are still uh, putting cents into my pocket by viewing. Every view I get a, a little bit of remuneration from it. So I really appreciate you guys doing that. And uh, we will talk to you guys soon. Ciao.